Welcome to Inside the Match, where Alex and Simone talk residency applications. We are two residents here to help you navigate the match. For each podcast, we'll bring you residents from various specialties and backgrounds to give advice. So today we have Tyler. Thanks so much for joining us, Tyler. Thank you, Simone. I really appreciate it. So where are you in residency and what specialty are you in? I'm at Laredo Medical Center in Laredo, Texas, specializing in family medicine. I'm a PGY1 intern. So we'd like to start our podcast with some rapid fire questions. So were you AOA? No. Were you Gold Humanism? No, I was not. Were you president of your specialty club? No, not of the specialty club. Were you involved in research during medical school? I was not. What parts of your ERAS application did interviewers most commonly bring up during interviews for family medicine? Yeah, so for me, after college, before medical school, I, I was a Teach for America Corps member in the Rio Grande Valley of South Texas. Ended up teaching for four years, uh, high school history. And that was by far the most common thing that got brought up. And it was a part of a personal statement. It was a part of uh, why I wanted to be in family medicine in the first place. And uh, there's a lot to get into with that. But by, by far and large, my teaching experience was the most interesting to, uh, to people. And I would constantly get questions, why, why switch from teaching to medicine? And um, it's a complicated answer, uh, which I you know, have time to answer. But uh, that was definitely the question I got most uh, questions about. And I think it's so important for people to realize that you don't just get questions about medicine during your interviews. Like so many people are worked up about their clinical experiences or clubs that they led in medical school. But to see that you got asked about questions that were related to other interests outside of it is just so neat. Yeah. um, You know, especially in family medicine, I'm obviously biased, but I feel like, uh, our, our approach in, in seeing kind of a whole whole system approach, uh, I think even more so than other specialties, uh, there's a true holistic application process that, that, goes, that goes into it for most residency programs. And I think they, most programs really liked to see that extra balance that I had uh, outside of board scores and grades and, and whatnot. So, you know, some interviews can be really tough. And so I was wondering if you got any tough questions during the residency interview process that you could share. Yeah, a lot of times I would get, you know, why, why did you major in political science? Like a question and a decision I made almost 12 years ago uh, when I initially started undergrad, that, that was me right out of high school saying, I had a friend tell me, you know, Tyler, you can major in whatever you want and go to medical school. You don't have to major in biochemistry. And someone who wasn't uber science, uber biochemistry obsessed at, as a high school senior, I was obsessed with politics. I, after 9-11 in, in, uh, in 2001, I spent the, my middle school and high school years, I got super obsessed with, with, the polit- with polit- politics. And uh, I and my, have family influences there, but I decided, oh, I'm going to major in political science. I'm going to get involved in advocacy and policy. Oh, and I'm going to go to medical school too. Um, so that was always a question that kind of got asked. And then uh, another, this was an odd question. This only happened one time. Uh, I 
had a student of mine pass away of undiagnosed lupus uh, during my fourth year teaching her. I taught her from basically from ninth grade, eighth grade to twelfth grade, or ninth grade to twelfth grade history. Um, and she had passed away, and I made a comment that you know, if she, if she had only had access to primary care physician or a physician at all on a regular basis, you know, maybe she could have, maybe she, maybe it could have been spotted. Maybe that butterfly rash could have been seen or, you know, maybe someone could have asked some questions. And I had one guy, uh, one professor, uh, a family medicine physician, actually, he may not, he may not even have been on faculty, but he was interviewing. Uh, and he, he kind of challenged that assumption that her life could have been saved. And I wasn't, I was kind of put off by that. I ended up not ranking that program very high at all. Uh, but but uh, other than that, I don't think the questions were extremely tough. I think they were the typical questions you'd ask, uh, sometimes just very fundamental, like, who are you? Uh, you know, what drives you? You know, questions that you would expect. So for the most part, I would say you're going to get questions that you, you're expecting to get. So know why you want to be in that specialty and why you want to be at that particular program. Did you ever get any questions that tended to seem like inappropriate or questions that you felt uncomfortable answering? Uh, other than the one I just mentioned at the end, uh, I, I didn't explicitly get any inappropriate questions, but offhand, you, there were moments when I overheard uh, inappropriate remarks, you know, kind of sexist remarks, uh, perhaps. I don't have specific examples, but I, you would see little tendencies uh, as someone from the South uh, in a, a, around, you know, people who would make inappropriate comments growing up. I, I definitely could see some of that, but there was no blatantly um, inappropriate questions that I encountered. So something that always amazes me is how different all interviews are. And something that you had told me about is that some interviews implemented like games and group simulations instead of like a traditional interview. Can you tell me more about these? Yeah, that was actually really fun. And a lot of it was kind of a refreshing thing because I, just like I believe medical education needs a revamp and how we conduct that uh, systematically, I the way we're conducting interviews also can be, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you're going to get this, you kind of know what questions you're going to get. You can almost prepare for a lot of the question. You can practice the question in advance that, and that's more of performance in theater than real uh, engagement in for that program to truly see what you're about. So a couple programs put on simulations where they, you know, have six to 10 residents in a room with a problem. Uh, it kind of had to solve it as a group. Uh, you'd have teams at times. And, and I found that to be a really good way to, to watch how people work. They still had their individual uh, interviews one-on-one -on -one as well. Um, but a big chunk of the time in those places were, um, were spent on these more interactive, engaging uh, interview styles. Wow, that's really interesting. And, and quite like you said, a way to step back and realize the importance of learning about a person and not just whether or not they can, you know, restate some of the memorized answers that they had practiced. So, you know, there's times where we get really uncomfortable when we have to ask a program director a question. And I was wondering what questions you would recommend an applicant ask of a program director in order to learn more about the program. Yeah, actually, in, at one program, I, 
asked the program director this question. And I remember he said this was the first time in his 15 years as a program director that he'd ever been asked it. Um, so maybe, you know, this could be someone you could, you could steal this one perhaps, but <laughs> I basically, I basically said, what does a model resident graduate look like when they complete your program? So what kind of skills do they have? What, and in what type of, practice job what type of job are they ready for like um so what does that resident look like at the end of your program and what type of practice or or job are they most prepared to obtain once completing your residency and i, I remember uh that one went well and it, honestly the program directors are uh, kind of thrown off and sometimes don't they may have a good answer but they're they have, been, they have never answered it before, so you can kind of throw them off. That's either good or bad. Hopefully, it's seen in, in a good light. Um, but I also want to ask about the culture of their program. Uh, but that's, you know, they might have a more scripted answer for that. Uh, big thing, asking about mentorship opportunities to know, are you going to have someone kind of overlooking your, um, kind of over your shoulder in a, in a friendly way, like someone you can go to uh, from a mentorship perspective. Um, and there's other things, business, billing and coding, you ask, does your program emphasize that? Um, really, you know, social determinants of health, does your program address systemic racism? That, that, that's something I, I hope applicants feel comfortable asking, uh, things like that. But, you know, I know some people are going to feel afraid if they only have six or seven interviews and they're not sure how that program director is going to respond to uh, that type of question. But uh, the big one I would ask is the one I mentioned first is, what, are, what does a graduate resident look like of your program? That is an awesome question. It's nice to be able to ask a question which is more unique um, as you know, others are common ones that residents applicants might ask of a program. When you ask something special, you stand out and you're memorable. So other things uh, are in regards to asking residents questions and sometimes you'll have a pre-interview dinner or you'll, you will actually interview with a resident on the day of your interview. So I was wondering if you had sort of questions that you would recommend someone ask a resident. Yeah, well there's definitely certain questions you ask your faculty and there's certain questions you don't ask faculty and may ask residents and then there's some questions it's like don't ask it at all um, to anyone. But, um, you know, I think a good resident question can be about what's it like to live in this city, what's there to do, um, you know, salary, benefits, kind of the, the things you're not going to want to ask the program director um, on the day. Um, but again, the culture of the program is key. Like, and trying to read into maybe some cues they're trying to give you, maybe they can't say everything they want to say, but read the body language of the residents. If you ask them a question and they know they can't give you the most glamorous answer, like you can read into that body language and they, uh -huh. whether or not they know it, they're going to send you a signal uh, about a question you want to know. Like if you're wanting to know, if there's mentorship opportunities and you ask about that to a resident and they kind of pause or shuffle, then you're like, okay, that he was he or she was not enthusiastic when they answered that question. So read the body language of the residents uh, when you're asking some of those really important questions and around the culture of the program, like, do you like your residents? Do you get along with your <laughs> residents? Um, you know, ask those types of questions. And even if they're not going to say, oh, no, I hate my residents, um, my co-residents, 
if they're not overly enthusiastic about that answer, it might be telling you at least that they're not overly enthusiastic about their co-residents. So, um, you know, try to keep a tracker of all, of all that. Uh, I admittedly, I did not do that, but, um, I would recommend it to try to think about the things you really care about and have those questions in the tracker and take notes because you're not going to remember after 12 to 15 interviews, um, or even after seven interviews, you know, you're not going to remember. So just have a tracker, uh, take some notes down because I definitely ran into that at the end of, uh, end of the match. Great point. And, you know, you've described some ways in which to, you know, remember a program when it comes to actually ranking them. But what else played a role in your decision when ranking residency programs? Mm -hmm. So for me, I have a wife of five years. I have a daughter that's one year old. Uh, and my wife's from Monterey, Mexico. And we knew that we, I met her when I was living in South Texas, but before medical school, actually when I, when I was a teacher. Um, and basically I, I knew I wanted to live in Texas first of all, and then even more so South Texas, uh, to be as close as possible to my wife's family. And because I love South Texas, I love the food, I love the culture, I love everything. Um, so geography was huge for me. I mostly pretty much only applied to Texas family medicine residency programs. Uh, and in our mind, San Antonio was as far north as we were really wanting to live. And most people think of San Antonio as South Texas, even though it's technically <laughs> not. Um, so that's kind of our, so, so geography was huge for me. It may not be that way for everybody else. Um, but I honestly looked through my programs and I ordered them based, I ordered them simply based off where I saw myself, where I wanted to be. I didn't play any games. I didn't try to think, oh, they they invited me to their follow-up um, um, event. The sometimes programs off, offer second looks, barbecues, or you know things like that. Oh, they didn't offer. They didn't invite me there, or I didn't think about all that too much. I just said, "Where do I want to be?" I've been told the algorithm works out. That match algorithm works out if you know it honors the residents' preferences over the program's preferences. You know, according to everyone that I've talked to, but. Uh, point being, I just ranked them. Where do I want to be? And then that's it. I didn't, I didn't try to play any games or calculations. And I also, I wasn't couples matching, didn't have to worry about that. But um, yeah, I just, I, I made a simple list. I, I, I didn't think too hard into it because I kind of knew where I wanted to be based off geography and I liked a few programs and I knew I could be happy at my top three to four programs. I knew I could be happy in any of those places. And like you said, it's very important to have one thing that is most important to you. And for you, it was geography. And you were able to go from there in terms of figuring out what programs you wanted to rank in regards to that, which I think is very important for people to be clear about. Is there anything else that you would like to offer about the application or the residency interview process? Yeah, um, you know, Authenticity is key during the interview. Do just be who you are, be yourself. And I know that's my one of my favorite Disney movies, uh, The Genie from the Left. Be yourself. Like I, I truly believe it. Uh, they authenticity shines. Uh, people can see through it when you're not being truly authentic. Uh, so that's key. And there's something you can do with a little research for every program. You can come in and pretend to be excited about any program. You can know the mission 
and all the facts about the program. So every program you interview at, they should feel like you really want to be there and you know why you want to be there. So that's, that should be the easy part. The hard part is getting them to say, we really want you to be there. Now that may just happen, but the point is that's two things you kind of need to do. You need to show them that you really want to be there and then you need to make them want you to be there. So the first part technically should be easy because you can do your research and you can come in prepared knowing about that program. The second part, you know, you're not going to make everyone feel that way, but at least get the first part done. Let them know, you know, about their program. Cause when I, when I hear other residents who, who are in the interview process now at my program, that one thing I always hear about, hear them say is, Oh yeah, that girl, she really wanted to be here. Like I could tell she wanted to be like, that's all they talk about. It's, I hear over here the other residents who are part of the interviews talking and the only thing I really hear them say is, eh, I don't think they really wanted to be here or they really seem interested in our program. So that's something everyone should be able to do. You should be able to, you know, I say, I don't want to say fake it, but you should be able to make the residents and faculty, whoever you're around, feel like you're genuinely interested in that program. Now, if you have 25 interviews and you're not, what, okay, you're just there. I get it. But if you have 25 interviews, you probably shouldn't do 25 interviews because there's a lot of people um, who may only have a few interviews and you're taking up their spot. So if you have 25 interviews, consider, uh, you know, give, giving a few away. But uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. I would completely agree in regards to that comment about the number of interviews that you have and also those important six words that you mentioned. Wow, I really want to be here. It's, you know, words that you don't think about until you're a resident and you recognize that's what's most important is you want to see the passion and investment of that applicant in your program. So we like to end our interviews with having the resident share a fun fact. So Tyler, can you share a fun fact with us about you? Well, yes, I, and I, I spoiled it. I, I did already mention it, uh, you know, married uh, uh, five years, one daughter. Uh, you know, the fun fact is my wife and I met on a dating app. I didn't think I was gonna tell you that, but because I spoiled it earlier, I'll tell you. <laughs> Um, and so I'm here to say sometimes dating apps really do work out. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, I am very lucky. I, you know, our, I'm in a program that actually val val um, values work-life balance, and I'm able to spend a decent amount of time uh, with my family much more than I thought I would. Um, my program has a lot of outpatient uh, rotations where I get some weekends off, and that's nice. So um, I would say I'm having a, a nice balanced residency experience so far, and I'm in South Texas, a place that I love and a place that's really in need. I'm in Webb County, Texas, one of the most underserved um, counties in Texas, uh, and the entire county is a is a um, a HRSA county. But basically, uh, it's a super in need place, and I'm at a federally qualified health center for my continuity clinic. Uh, which is a real privilege uh, to be able to have that patient population uh, for these three years. And um, so, yeah, I feel really lucky. Uh, family medicine is, in my opinion, my biased opinion, the best specialty, of course, um, you know, and, and if anyone ever uh, wants to talk about, you know, family medicine uh, match or anything related to family medicine, uh, I would be happy to, to talk with you. 
Well, we really appreciate all the insightful comments that you've made about the family medicine match and then just the match process in general. It is so helpful to hear from somebody who had a priority of geography and family and ultimately found that program that really fit for them. So that's all the time we have today with Tyler. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Match. Special thanks to Kevin McCloyd for the music and be sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast. Catch our next podcast to learn more application tips and hear from another awesome resident.